What up? Oh, that was kind of sing-songy. <laughs> oh, let's I'm try a... that. Let's try that. Ready? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's not going to do it same again. Try, no, Will I you can't. please try it again? That was the one time I accidentally come in a little bit too sing-songy. Tana, we missed it. <laughs> you, you guys should have jumped on that. Was it ready? <laughs> Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. We are back. My name is Brennan, and I've got my good friend Ben. Hello. And then my other good friend Jaina. Hello. And so we're sitting around the table. We're going to chat a little bit about burnout. But before we get there, I have to ask you two. And I'll maybe answer myself. I guess we'll see. Do you have pyro tendencies? 1,000% yes. I love, and I've had to, I have to control myself. I love lighting things on fire. I just do. There are moments when I I was living, it was hard for me not to have matches around in the dorms. Seriously, what? like, like, because I wanted to just here's matches, here's something. How old yeah, are you? I, I understand what you're saying. I love matches, but what I'd like to do is I would light a match, let watch it go, it watch it burn, blow on it, and then smell the smoke. And I would just do mm-hmm. this, and you so you you would come into my I'm no, I'm psychotic. I'm I get it, but I just loved it so much, and there'd be piles of matches hmm. just sitting on the table of me just sitting there. I know I did. I, uh, so I, CA fire's fun, walk man. into your room. And no, no, just... it wasn't. See, I had, so I didn't do it in the dorm. I waited until I was in my oh, own okay. apartment with Levi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so I just, but it was, wow. down it wasn't great. Hall. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Dana, do you oh, have pyro man. tendencies? Uh, I do like to watch things burn. Like I could sit at a campfire for oh, hours and just watch yeah. the fire burn. But, oh yeah. As, so I grew up on a farm. And as kids, you know, on the farm, you're out in the country, you yeah. you do some stuff that's a little questionable sometimes. <laughs> but we, so don't judge me for what I'm about to say, and don't call CPS on my family. It's fine. <laughs> What's CPS? Child Protective Services. Oh. <laughs> so we used to be on the farm. Not a privilege right there. I didn't know. <laughs> and my grandpa had these buckets of tar that he would light on fire, which is like really, really bad for you to breathe that in. Oh, but man. we would light them, and then my sisters and I would find frogs. Oh, PETA? We would throw the frogs into the tar buckets. I don't know why we did that, Woo. but that was something we did. <laughs> wow. Dang. Don't they say, like, a lot of serial killers grow yeah, up killing kill, other oh, yeah, stuff? Killing no, you, other well, animals. It, every like, one of them the consistently thing. killed animals first. Yes. Usually it's dogs. Yeah. Or cat. We, yeah. we will keep animals. a close eye on Jaina and her Here's sisters. Here's the thing, though. As a farm kid, you get yes, used to correct. the killing of animals oh, de- because it's is... a part of the circle oh, of life oh, yeah. for farming. Get it. Like, so I was, life. like, in third grade watching yes. them, you know, kill the hogs to then hang yep. them up and slaughter, you yep. know, like, drain yes. them. You, you know? gotta so drain so, like, the blood off so you get just, that bacon, It's, son. like, kind of like a normal part of life. Every time. I'm going to go take my son hunting in a couple weeks. We're going to go kill a deer. Going to gut it out, and we're going to have some meat. I went hunting once. It was a great time. Once. I'll probably go back sometime. I don't in know. Another ten years. <laughs> Come with me and Wesley. I don't have like crazy pyro tendencies. I'm I feel like I'm a normal pyro. Like I'm like the okay. guy at the table. If there's a candle, like oh, you're yeah. gonna mess with it. Oh yeah. But like course. I'm too cautious as a person to do anything crazy. Oh, okay. Like yeah, I won't I, feel I won't stick the napkin in it because I start oh. thinking about what if the napkin catches the table on fire, the table catches the chairs. <laughs> now I've burnt this whole building down and I'm guilty of manslaughter for lighting this nap that's where my mind goes like just immediately worst case scenario. worst case scenario like when i was a kid like you see it you got a candle in the bathroom you got like maybe a piece of like kleenex and like i'm i'm instantly thinking about what my parents would say if i burn our house down like <laughs> so i would never do it but i always thought about it so mm, yeah. maybe that's not normal now that i say it but <laughs> uh, what is normal that's a great what is normal mm. there's a is that philosophical the question <laughs> so the question we ask is 
do you have pyro tendencies? Because we're playing off this idea of burning stuff. What? Because our topic, as you read in the the title, is burnout. So what is burnout? I feel like it's kind of a, a catchphrase word, like it's something people hear, but what, what would we throw a definition on for? Well, we're going to thank uh, the internet and mm-hmm. WebMD for this uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling stressed, overwhelmed, or hurried. And it's just think of this idea of, uh, to me, it's mainly stress, yeah. which stress tends to lead us to feeling overwhelmed, which leads us to a hurried, fast-paced life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And we all experience stress. So it's what do you do with st- the stress? And if it's continually there and it is always there and you're not dealing with it and doing stuff with the stress, um, it leads to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I often find, times find it helpful to not just throw a definition, but maybe even put some like, here's what this looks like in yes. everyday life, or like, here's signs or symptoms of it. So what what would we say are some of that? Yeah, I mean, some of those can be uh, just negative feelings, such as helplessness, uh, kind of defeated thought patterns, loneliness, can be a loss of motiv- motivation, a uh, lack of satisfaction, a sense, and a sense, a lack of a sense of accomplishment. Um, and then just like an increasing cynicism, so kind of just a general negativity towards thought, life experience yeah which which leads to withdrawal which leads to Mm -hmm. avoidance which leads like spirals and makes it worse you can't you're less approachable there's relational issues and so it's like it's real it's heavy Mm -hmm. yeah and we're gonna do a second where we're just gonna kind of ask the the open-ended question to the three of us here like what are our experiences with Mm -hmm. burnout or not but before we get there i feel like it's important to kind of note that you might know a person that as you, we read this, you're like, oh, this is this person all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that for them might not be burnout. That's it might good. just be like lack yeah. of joy. Like that just might be they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't have purpose. And so still invest and try to love that person. But burnout happens when you're living your life like normal and this starts to creep in and then starts to make it to put roots in your life. So at one point you had positive feelings associated with work. You liked what you did. You felt productive. You felt successful. You felt like these things. And now through... The increased and consistent stress, you feel overwhelmed, you feel exhausted, and your pattern of work and life is marked more by these negative feelings than it is the positive. And so the question that I said we were going to ask is, what, what do you feel like is your guys' experience or conversation you want to have around burnout personally? Yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever experienced full-blown bo- full burnout I think I've been on the road to it Mm. and there have been symptoms and things and people in my life that have helped me recognize, okay, when I'm in a, a, in a state of the biggest symptom that I have in my life, the biggest thing that I do when either sin is, is huge, I'm not trusting God or I'm potentially stress is so overwhelming that I'm potentially on a road to burnout is I snap at people quickly. Mm. Like that's the number one thing. Like I know that if I'm angry and I snap and it's usually, um, especially if it's with coworkers, (laughs) that's something that's a sign for me. Like something is off. Something is absolutely off. Cause I'm not usually a withdrawer. I was forced into, and we all were kind of forced into almost avoidance and withdrawal during COVID because it was just hard to connect. So that became a symptom. Cause I dealt, I think I was on the road to burnout last year. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things that, that played into that, but I don't think I've ever experienced it fully. Uh, one it's, there have been moments where, Again, I've had enough people in my life to help me recognize, and I think we should have the conversation around what's the difference between, and we may not be able to fully explain no, it, yeah, which I think I'm okay with. We can go there. Of just the difference between depression and burnout. Yeah. And, and even going back to what you said, Brent, a little earlier was maybe you have someone in your life where you see they're in a state of constant stress and there's exhaustion and it's like 
maybe it's a lack of joy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a lack of fulfillment in, in the purposes of what God has laid before them. Maybe it's they're on the road or are in burnout or maybe they are depressed and need something more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between burnout and depression and how I'm approaching it. And you tell me if I'm wrong and this is where I think the good discussion can come is I think burnout can be avoidable. Sometimes there's moments in our life and I think a lot of times with people who are diagnosed with anxiety or depression, that's not necessarily avoidable, yeah. right? It's it's There's things deeper that you have to do. So I'm just going to give this example. This is how it's worked for, for me and Abby in our life. It's, or even last year, what I was going through, why I didn't think it was burnout is I think I was in a state and a season of situational depression. There was a moment of, of me leading a team and, and on a mission trip and we almost had a kid die and that emotionally crushed me. And there, it was stressful. And then on top of that, literally two weeks later, the world shut down and we were in COVID <laughs> and I couldn't, and me as an extra couldn't be with it. And so like I was all of a sudden in this moment of high stress, not being able to process emotions, not being able to be with people that I love, to be able to talk stuff out. And it's, it's like, okay, was that burnout? Was that depression? Was that anxiety? What was the difference? And for me, it was when I tried to, to get rid of the stressful factors. So when I tried to either talk to people or tried to pray, those emotional and stressful moments, those negative feelings were still there. And so to me, that wasn't me on the road to burnout. That was, I was in a season of depression. And God was faithful in that and people came around me and, and there was deliverance in that. But then there's moments where my wife who has diagnosed anxiety, she tries to get rid of and, and alleviate those stress factors, but the anxiety is still there. So she goes to a doctor mm-hmm. and she's on medication and it's like, and she's not in burnout right now. She has diagnosed anxiety. So I just think there's a difference and we don't, again, I'm not a medical, I'm not a professional, mm-hmm. right? And so the, I think it's okay to recognize it's different, but it's what are the appropriate, and we'll get to this, appropriate steps we can take to continue to pursue that's how do we be holistically healthy? Yeah. And so much of it is hard because it is just the language we use to yeah. describe some of yeah. these things. And like when we're reading you the signs or the symptoms or we're reading you just the mm-hmm. definition, mm-hmm. some of you might hear that and you're like, hey, based on my training, my education, my experience, that sounds like depression. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there is overlap in yes. some of this. That's good. And the beauty of what I think Ben says is it works on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And so you need to get people in your life, whether that's pastoral staff, yeah. whether that's just great Christian community, whether that's parents or friends, like doctors, doctors, doctors <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. counselors, you need to yes. get people in your life who can help you process, okay, Super is good. this burnout? Is this mm-hmm. anxiety for a season? Is this you're in a depressive state? Like, or you're depressed. Or you're depressed. Yeah. Like, what, what, what is going on yeah. here so that we can effectively um, treat what you're going on, what you're doing? Yeah. I, I told the story, oh uh, gosh, it was, I don't remember what message it was. Oh, I think it was uh, God is good, that one. But I was preaching this, this message, and I, last year during COVID, um, had this chest pain for like, a month and I was like what the heck like I'd never had chest pain like this before like it was like it was like heartburn but it was but I had taken a lot of heartburn stuff and I was like this is a heartburn <laughs> like I was taking Tums left and right and this this sucker was not going away so eventually I went to a doctor way too long after experiencing chest pain which is probably not a good thing and he told me I had bronchitis and I was like I don't know man but you're the doc all right I'll take your bronchitis medication and as I took the medication it got worse my chest pain got tighter, and eventually I, I recognized with some help of some people around me that it was actually just a symptom of the anxiety that I experienced in that season. Like, I'd never had anxiety prior to COVID like I had during that month, and so I was experiencing things I'd never had before because mm-hmm. the levels of anxiety I was feeling were higher than I ever had, and so it was causing me physical distress in my chest, and the medication he had prescribed, one of its consequences or side effects was increased <laughs> levels of yeah. worry and anxiety. So... 
based on a misdiagnosis of he didn't understand and I didn't understand, I actually got worse and not better. And so that's why it's so important. And I don't want you to not trust doctors now. I still see this doctor and it works out fine. But in that, like you need to be able to diagnose the thing so you can treat it well. Yeah. So what would you say in there, Jaina? Oh man, you guys said a lot of things between (laughs) when we started that question. Yeah. I, so I have been within the last year, like officially diagnosed with depression, anxiety. I waited way, way too long to go and to actually talk to somebody about that. And so I am in this kind of season of life where I'm figuring out what it looks like to, I feel like I'm almost learning how to relive as a human being because I'm taking medication and I'm experiencing the world in a way I've never experienced the world before, which is super awesome and I'm very appreciative of. But I think for a long time in my life, I chalked my mental health up, my anxiety, my depression to burnout and said it was like, I'm just too busy. I've got too much going on. I need to step back. I need to take things off my plate. And didn't really, like Brennan said, like really examine what was going on and find a good diagnosis that was true. So I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, I don't really know what burnout is. You know, like I I know like from, you know, what we're going to, you know, say today. But for me, like what does that actually look like and how does that, how do I actually experience that? So that probably brings more confusion than clarity. That's good. And and here's where I want us to kind of continue to launch forward. We're going to talk about just some of the reasons that burnout happens and then a couple of ways to prevent it. And so for the rest of this conversation specifically, we're talking Mm -hmm. about burnout that we would describe as avoidable burnout. That we, not chemically, but we actually, based on our actions and our decisions, have placed ourselves in a place where we're experiencing these symptoms and this definition. Mm -hmm. So this isn't something chemical imbalance. We've set aside anxiety and depression for this just conversation for the next 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or so. And we're going to focus explicitly on burnout as a consequence of the way we are living. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. to start, why does burnout happen? And I'll just kind of take this one right off the bat. Oftentimes I feel like our prone reaction, like what we're instantly jumping into when we look at burnout is work is bad. Like I don't like my job. I don't like what I do. I work too much. I do all these things. And some of that can be true. But if we start to diagnose work as bad, we actually get away from what the biblical idea of work is. Because when we look at Genesis and the creation story in Genesis 1 and 2, we see God place Adam and Adam and Eve eventually in the garden, and he gives them roles to do, to cultivate the land, to take care of it, to grow crops. Be to, fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And so there, there is work mandate in perfection. And so they're living in what is God's perfect design, and they're, they're meant to work. And so when you get to heaven, when Jesus comes back or when you pass, whenever that be is, Lord, is Lord willing, like, you'll still hold a job. And so last night we were talking to my leaders, and I was like, oh, what the heck would be your, your heaven job? Like, what would be your perfect job you'd love to do in heaven? <laughs> Anyways, this is besides the point. This and it maybe isn't even theologically correct, but I thought it was, I thought it was just blowing up everything you just said. I thought it was I thought it was fun. So, anyways, beyond the point, work is something good. Yeah. It's something we're meant to do. It's yeah. something we're actually created to do. It's a purpose and a part of who we are. However, and, and and before I get there, because of that, on the flip side of burnout is this idea of bottom out. And so it's actually the opposite for um, the, the, the stressors and what it occurs, but it has a lot of the same symptoms. So we were saying negative feelings, loss of motivation, loss of satisfa- satisfaction, lack of sense of accomplishment. Those kind of things can be experienced in bottom out too. And it's when we've ceased 
to be productive. We've ceased to produce. We've ceased to work. And we're not investing in the way we we should. We're, We're more prone to laziness. And because of that, we start to bottom out and we start to experience some of those same things. And I think it's because we are we are made to work. And so when we don't live into our purpose, there's consequences for that too. And so there's a healthy balance between bottoming out and burning out, which is the healthy amount of work. The reason that's so hard to find is literally a chapter later in Genesis 3, sin enters the world. And from that moment on, work has been broken. Part of the curse that God pronounces to Adam and Eve and to, to, to the serpent there is that now you will work from the sweat of your brow, brow the, you will work for the tor- turmoil of the ground, and there's just this hardship that's instantly added in because of the consequences of sin. And so people think, Work is bad and work is hard and it's not what we're meant to do, but it is. And it's just how do we get back to a place where we do it right and we do it Mm -hmm. well? Because there is just consequences to the sinful world we live a part of. And so there's one of the reasons why it starts to happen. Otherwise, what else would you guys say? Yeah, Another one is that sometimes um, our commitments outside of work lead us to burnout. So maybe your nine to five job is life-giving and is not, you know, burnout. Maybe you've redeemed work in your own situation, but what you've choose to do outside of that is what leads you to burnout. Whether you've got too much homework or you're spending too much time with friends or you're, you know, not doing productivity in that time, that that is a stressor and that becomes a place where you are led into burnout. And so maybe it's overcommitment. You're saying yes to way too many things mm-hmm. to where you don't have the time, you don't have the capacity to do what you've agreed to do. Um, or even within yourself, agreed to do. And yeah, so. you're, you're planning more commitments than you yeah. have hours in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, another way that we believe we see this is through unprocessed emotions and then not pressing into conflict. So it's recognizing mm-hmm. relationally even that when we don't deal with our relationships and things that are stressful, but just there where there's tension um, and we keep things suppressed and keep emotions Here's what's, here's what's beautiful. Emotions are meant to be noticed, experienced, and then moved through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and that's a, so they were given to us. And it's, all it's emotions, like every yeah. emotion, every emotion was meant to be experienced, recognized, and then moved through. And move through is something that we just I don't think do well as human beings. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with conflict. We just don't do conflict well. Right, I mean, yeah. I mean yeah, maybe, yeah, 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 right? and yeah, it's yeah. one of the things that how, how, how do you phrase it right? Conflict, conflict is, is the price, price you pay, pay for intimacy, intimacy. Yeah. which is beautiful. And so we need to know how to do the one do conflict well, but also we need to know how to move through through these emotions well. Emma, our dog, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna tell <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, she gets startled easily, kind of, and it's I don't know if it's startled as much as if she hears the wind blow, she freaks out. Mm, my dog too, and it's not like she's scared, <laughs> but it's like I, it maybe is she's scared, but something happens. But what'll happen is when she hear something right the hair on the back of mm-hmm. on her back stands up and then so she's experiencing something i believe emotionally <laughs> whether it's fear whether it's protection whatever it is um but then before she moves forward or can move on she literally physically shakes she shakes mm-hmm. it off mm-hmm. it's the shit it's literally and so it's like she it, it, i wish it, you guys could see ben and his <laughs> sorry i just like i just i'm, I'm thinking you got like, a good dog right? shake man. Pretty good. <laughs> but it's like she's shaking off the stress and then it's removed, and then she can just like she's moved through, yeah. but she's experienced it, she recognized it, and she moved forward. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's a weird, weird story. My dog has to walk laps around the so house. There, so it's for it's like something. a minute, and yeah. then she's fine. She sits <laughs> yeah. down. It's so good. Um, Tell well, me, you guys' as dogs process emotion better than we <laughs> do. Than we actually do as Probably. humans. Because here's what's happened what we do is, so I think we feel, I think sometimes we respond, but we get stuck in them because we don't know how to move through them. Mm. And what happens 
when we work hard to avoid certain emotional experiences, we inevitably, it'll lead to us having a lack of care and compassion and empathy in our relationships and even in our emotional experiences, but in the emotional experiences in other people. And so when I'm like, if I, if I go through seasons where I'm trying to like diminish or suppress an, an emotion of sadness, I'm probably, and have done this with Abby, I'm probably going to diminish then what she's feeling and experiencing mm. going through. Therefore, then there's a disconnect relationally. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that we've been created to do was be in relationship first with God and then with each other. And when I'm not able to live into that purpose of my life, to be in relationship because I've suppressed emotions, eventually it leads to unhealthy feelings, mm-hmm. unhealthy emotions that I don't know how to move and process through, which ultimately leads to burnout when I withdraw and I avoid mm-hmm. and I can't be in relationship with people and I whatever a lot of other things so like unprocessed emotions and not being able to work through conflict is a road to burnout yeah Mm -hmm. the last one we would add and it's a little bit a little bit of like a a tangent but it's just the idea of christian burnout um so in that christian burnout is the idea that it's not necessarily related to your work but more to your productivity in the church or church setting so maybe you're on a leadership team or maybe you help lead a small group or maybe you're just involved in a lot of different things in the church like you come to groups you come to a couple services you come to uh the events or there's just all these things and boxes you're checking and so christian burnout is those same kind of symptoms where you feel exhausted and you maybe feel stressed you feel like you're losing the happiness and the joy of what church and 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 christianity has to offer you don't feel motivated you don't feel satisfied and you become cynical about the things that you used to love and so recognize that in yourself and recognize that that is something that can happen when we invest too much on the output or we do too many tasks without recognizing the inputs Hmm. or just the the idea of our our purpose when it's not like work is to be with god and to and to be with god looks different in a lot of different seasons what you need but some of the symptoms i would describe for like specifically christian burnout is if you look at your life and you feel far from god like at one point i felt close to god but now i feel far from god like i understand in seasons that just is how it comes and goes just based on what you're dealing with and and what god's teaching you in that but oftentimes if that's like something you feel stuck in it could be christian burnout that you've substituted what is meant to give life for tasks and so what meant what usually gives you life in reading a chapter of your Bible a day now becomes a task and it's just another thing you need to accomplish that's adding to your mm-hmm. burnout and not helping it. Or so like if you if you feel far from God, that can lead to being prone to sin. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if you find yourself saying yes to sins easier or you find yourself not being able to resist temptations like you maybe once could or you feel like God is asking you to, it could be another symptom of Christian burnout where, again, you feel disconnected from the Father, you feel far from Him, you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're not living that transformed life, and you're starting to, I hate it, but backslide, or like <laughs> fall back into temptations or yeah. sins that you used to find victory over. So that's just a little tangent, because this is a Christian podcast, and burnout goes beyond just <laughs> the job or career you hold. It's, an, it's a holistic life thing, including in the church. So that's all the gross stuff. Like, we got that done. How do we encourage people to prevent burnout or deal with burnout if they're in it? Yeah, uh, number one, we would say, and and I I lean towards this as a command, but I'm okay theologically with people who differ and in their doctrine saying this is not a command. Yeah. But we would encourage a Sabbath rest. Um, something that we talk about all the time and have had conversations around is you look at the the how God created the world, right? 
<clears throat> did a lot of awesome things. Six days. In six days, he created everything. And on the sixth day, what he did is let all the living creatures basically do their thing. And then he created uh, man. <laughs> that word, for some reason, shouldn't have lost my brain, but it did. Or got out of my mouth. Mine. And gave them purpose then, even on that sixth mm-hmm. day, of what, what Brennan was talking about. And then the very next day, he said, here's your purpose. Here's what I want you to do. The seventh day, it says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up because it's too good. Uh uh, this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And what we would say is the sixth day man was created. Well, their first full day of living with God was a day of rest. And so there's just an importance and recognition that yes, work is good. No, it also is good. Rest is good. Mm-hmm. And the idea of Sabbath um, is brings it to, to it, this idea of a a time to cease from work and invest purposely in, in resting and reflecting on who God is. So it gives us moments, opportunities to implement a rhythm of a day of rest into our life so we can get the soul care necessary to recognize and refocus on God's purposes, to refresh, to remember who God says we are, to remember what he's done in our life. And in that, it reorients us to honestly and helps us prioritize. Here's what's important. It's if I can take a day of rest, it's this recognition that, hey, the world will keep going and I don't have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm supposed mm-hmm. to have a day of rest where I just re- focus on Jesus. Stop bringing our to get physical rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, intellectual rest. And me and Abby have tried to implement this into our life of what are in those four areas, holistically, how are we getting rest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. refocusing and remembering here's who God is, here's who he says we are to help us refocus our purposes yeah. ultimately in, in living life. And if you if you want more information on Sabbath, Ben preached a message in our series that you can find either on our podcast or YouTube that was uh, sit down, shut up in the seventh day. And so the last message of that series was on Sabbath. And so it was incredible. It's such a life-giving practice, but it's something that's kind of confusing for a lot of people. So I'd encourage you to to read books or to to listen to other pastors maybe Mm -hmm. preach on it and kind of combine ideas and obviously run everything through a filter of community and the Word of God. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, the next thing we would maybe say is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 is one that I've continuously drawn back to and God's had me memorize in the last couple of months. And it's this the idea that Jesus says, he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in that Jesus is promising us something that I don't I hope you don't take for granted. Like he promises you rest. He promises you the peace and and the the what 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 you feel like your soul needs, what you feel like your life needs. Jesus has it for you there. But in that we need to oftentimes come to him and we need to take that yoke upon him and we need to take that yoke which he's talking about which is the life pace that he has. We need to take the rhythms that he has. And in that it's just Sometimes in its simplest nature, it's just spending time with him, time that's life-giving. And so it's not task-oriented, it's it's presence-oriented. It's I'm not worried about how many chapters I read. I'm worried about in this moment, am I giving my full heart and my attention to be with the Father in heaven, to be filled with the Spirit, to experience the presence of Jesus? When I pray, I'm not just trying to get through these flashcards or through these names or through these topics, but am I truly earnestly trying to enter into conversation with the Father? And so it takes us from our Americanized, productive, box-checking, accomplishing tasks, all of that more work into rest when we focus it more on just being with Jesus. And so these first two, Mm -hmm. 
The reason I like that we started there is because both of them are spiritual practices. But here's the reality. We are holistic people that everything mm-hmm. we do is connected. If you're physically unhealthy, it will affect your soul. Yes. If you're if you're emotionally unhealthy, it will affect your body. Like look at some studies that show show how mental health or mm-hmm. even increased stress or consistent stress affects your physical body. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is connected. And these first two practices, when we practice Sabbath or silence in time with Jesus, well, they help orient us in all that burnout is trying to take away from us yeah. physically, yeah. emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Yeah. So I mean, as we transition to the the physical, you good yeah. to go there? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. some of the more practical. Yeah, I guess, the more size. practical. That's the word I was. Well, I don't even know if it's le- the other two are really practical. Less. This is less spiritual. Yeah, sure, but also, but also still spiritual. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Good. We got I there. Like that. Less spiritual, go. but also actually but also spiritual. Spiritual. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, so the next one. <laughs> as you work, as you go about the things that you do in your life, do you have a sense of calling, purpose, and a why? So, as God giving you a calling, a specific thing that He's put on your heart, a passion, something your heart burns for that you're stepping into, uh, whether that's a specific job, like. God has called me to be a nurse or, you know, or whether it's just God has called me to love my dad who just needs it. Like it could be a big thing. That's it good. could be a small thing that then as you step into life, are you living in a way that has purpose intentionality that you understand the why, or you have a why for the things that you do that orient, that give you life, that help you to stay connected and not just meaninglessly put groceries out on the shelves, but Oh, you have conversations with your coworkers that are life giving and helpful. So, like in those things that maybe seem mundane, there's still purpose. There's a why. There's a life giving aspect to that. Yeah, and I love that. I love asking that question where someone's like, "Man, I just hate my job. Yeah, uh, it's so boring. I I just don't like going there." And so the great question back is, "Well, why do you work there?" Mm-hmm. And if they're, "Well, I need money. I got to pay rent." Like, of yeah. course you hate your job. Like, there's no life in that. You're mm-hmm. just trying to get through the hours of the day so you can punch out the clock so that you can happen to pay rent. But if you have a greater sense of why and yeah. purpose where it's like, when I'm there, like someone's like, they work at Walmart and they're mm-hmm. like, man, I hate working at Walmart, this terrible job. I'm just trying to make a couple bucks so that I can afford a new video game or whatever they're trying to save up for. Like in that, I love to challenge people when maybe God has called you to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And people are like, nah, God's not calling me to Walmart. <laughs> but there's people there that need Jesus. Yeah. And maybe you need to be the beacon of hope and yeah. light. You need to be the salt the salt there to be about what God want to bring about what God wants to do in Walmart. And yeah. so that that's not punching a clock. That's something so much greater yeah. and mm-hmm. so much more life giving when we can embrace that. Yep. Yeah. Work is so worship. There has to yeah. good. Yeah. I like it that. literally like, it gives you a greater sense of purpose, even if it's mm-hmm. not what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, another thing we would say is, is scale back. One of one of the ways we do that is learn to say no, be and be okay with saying no. But in saying no, I think you have to understand and know what your priorities are. It's like you you could just say no to everything all the time, and I don't think that's actually very helpful, um, to be honest. But if I prioritize and recognize, here's what I want in my life. Here's what I know I need to have in my life. It's easier for me to say yes and then to say no. And and something that we wrote down here is just this idea of don't let too many good things crowd out what could be really great. Because sometimes we do over schedule and we over calendarize and we over commit in our time, and so it's and it's with a lot of really good things, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of really really good things, and it's relationally hanging out with people and whatever it is. But that has an opportunity then to prevent us from experiencing the greatness that could be. Um, and so prioritize what should be prioritized. We would say like relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. relationship with friends, 
Like that's just, I think important relationship with family, recognize that. Yes, you need to work. And so, okay. But again, I would, I, I've learned to allow my calendar to serve me versus mm-hmm. serving it. And mm-hmm. in that it's when I put something in the calendar, it's I prayed through, I prioritized, I've talked with Abby about it. And so she's someone I've put into my life because that God's put into my life because we're married, <laughs> but she's been invited to oversee my calendar and there's a, we share a calendar and it's like, okay, we're not going to put anything in there that we don't feel like is ultimately going to lead us to what we have prioritized in our life. Um, but in that, yeah, be okay saying no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a hang up for people because they're meant, it would be easy to avoid burnout if you could just say no to all the bad things. Mm-hmm. Like when someone invites you to do something you don't want to do, it's easier to say no. But the problem with burnout is you have to say good, no to things that are good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's good. Sometimes you need to take a nap or you need to do an assignment be, or you need to do this thing and someone asks you to hang out. Like You might enjoy hanging out. You might like what you, you, you're about to do. You might come back and it would be super fun. But sometimes that's a good thing you got to say no to. Yeah. Or you can fill, fill in any blank. But yeah, don't mm-hmm. let too many goods take out what could be great. The other thing I would say is it's really important for us to recognize time management, but on top of that, this idea of energy management and the fact that you as a person function at sections of the day better at than others. Mm-hmm. And so in the mor- you might be a morning person. So when you wake up at 7, 8, 9, noon, whatever time your morning is, <laughs> that was a joke. I hope your morning's not <laughs> noon, but it could be. It could be. Maybe. Some of my neighbors are. They work night shifts, Brennan. There you go. Sorry, I wasn't thinking about you. <laughs> In that, like, if you're a morning person, like, do what you need to get done and be most productive during that time and guard that time. Like, don't have your phone sit there. Don't check Twitter and Instagram and and even email or, like, send a bunch of texts or, like, have all of these distractions fill the time that you are actually best at, you know? So, like, how do you guard that and be subversive and defiant in that in order so that when you work, when you get to the end of the week, maybe you've worked 40 hours or whatever it is, or you've been 40 hours of studying or whatever whatever you're in in this season of life, but you've really accomplished everything you need because you've been diligent to manage your time, but also your energy in that well. And so we don't end up, it's midnight, I'm exhausted, and I still have to turn in an assignment because I let other things fill up my schedule that could have gotten done later in the yeah. week. So I just think that's really important and, and something to continue to experiment and learn through. The last thing we'll point you to is as a staff here at Grace Point, two years ago, three years ago? I think it was My three. My first year here. Two years two ago. Two and a half years ago. Half, yeah. We read this yeah, book yeah. by yeah. Kerry Newhoff, who is, he was a pastor, but now he's a Christian leader. Maybe he's still a pastor. I don't think he's a, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, he's from Canada. He knows Jesus. So <laughs> he is awesome. He does a lot of great leadership stuff, and he does a great job running just organizations and giving advice and those different pieces. And so we read his book called Didn't See It Coming, and it talks about all of these different hardships that people can go through that oftentimes it doesn't just one day smack you in the face. But rather, burnout is, like Ben was saying, it's a process of burning out before you hit rock bottom that is burnt out. And so how in the middle of that gap or in anything do you find the the symptoms, the signs, and start to reverse what is the process that you're going through by preventing it before you reach that bottom moment? And so that's a great book. Didn't see it coming. Go ahead and check that out if you're looking for an additional resource. It's a fantastic read. He's a great mm-hmm. author, um, and I learned a lot reading it. So, Otherwise, anything yeah. else you guys want to add? I don't think so. Yeah, if you've got other more specific questions, feel free to DM us, hit us up. 
or, or send us an email. You can find that all on the website or on our Instagram or our Facebook. So we love you guys. We are excited to be talking to you yet again, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.